Welcome to Conversation with H and the final episode of season four with another amazing guest, former dancehall raver, formerly known as Vanity. Now she's an amazing educator of the word in academia who specializes in English. She's the best woman preacher right now, according to one pastor, Omar Taki. She's also the first lady of Art 2.0. I introduce you to the incredible woman of God. Some of you knew her as Rona. Okay, hold on. See, see, this is the last name. I had it, you know. I've been practicing, you know. Hold on, give me two seconds. Okay, go on. Roma. Rona. See, I'm adding M's instead of N's in your name now because of okay. Rona. Empolo Goma. Yeah. That was, that was, there's a little twist up in there, a little piece, you know. Um, but a lot of us now know her as Mrs. Rona Taki. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, you know, I'm good. Good, good, good. So, for those who don't know who you are, mm -hmm. who is Rona Taki? Well, Rona Taki. Um, I've got to get used to this setting too. Um, <laughs> Rona Taki's a newlywed, number one. Um, Rona Taki is um, a woman, first and foremost. Um, uh, a woman of black British um, heritage. I take pride in my Ugandan roots. Um, I, aside from that, I'm a woman of God. I pursue the Lord. I'd say that the scriptures, Jesus, is at the core of my being. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I would say define who I am. They, being a child of God is, is, is what centers me because everything as far as how I live stems from that place of um, who is God? What did God intend for me? What did God intend for the way that I interact with the world around me? Um, so a lot of who I am stems, and all of who I am, I would say, stems from that place. Mm -hmm. um, Rona Taki, as far as what I do, um, I am a, as you said, first lady of 2.0, I don't like to use that term, but um, hus my husband Omar um, and I oversee um, ARC 2.0, mm -hmm. um, a church with 200 plus members, we're a year and a, year and a month old. Mm -hmm. um, so I wear that hat and I assume that role in assisting and supporting him as, as he oversees and shepherds mm -hmm. this massive, massive flock um, alongside an amazing team, an yeah. amazing group of people um, who we couldn't do what we do without. Mm -hmm. um, that brings its own challenges, which I'm sure we'll discuss and get into. Um, I'm a teacher, mm -hmm. I teach English, that's a passion of mine, I enjoy, uh, this is secondary school English, um, so <laughs> Rona is somebody, I would say resilient, very patient, because <laughs> um, dealing with teenagers is, is a task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I teach, I preach the word, mm -hmm. um, again, with God at the centre of my world and the scriptures at the centre of my life, um, it's it's meant that um, certain gifts that I didn't know I, I had mm. um, have been pulled out of me. And um, one of those is preaching and teaching the word of God. And so I preach unashamedly, I preach boldly. Yeah. Um, I deliver the word of God um, as sincerely as I can. Mm -hmm. I couple that with real life, with my own experiences, mm -hmm. um, either with God or um, ex people's experiences that I've seen, um, even outside of religion, outside of faith. And I yeah. say that's who I am. So tell me a bit about earlier life and mm. 
your upbringing? Um, I had an interesting upbringing. Okay. So um, I was born in this country. Mm. I um, obviously, as I said, my mum's Ugandan, dad's Ugandan. I lost my father when I was, I want to say, two and a half, oh, maybe wow. two, one and a half, two years old, somewhere there. Yeah. Um, my mum never remarried, mm -hmm. so I grew up in a single parent household. Um, so growing up, I was born here, then when uh, my father passed away, we went back to Uganda because my mum didn't have mm -hmm. pretty much of a, a support system in this country. She came over here um, with my dad. so. We went back over there and um, it was pretty much me being reared by just community as it is in Africa. I imagine in the Caribbean as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uncles, aunties. Um, I, I remember a, a good chunk of my childhood with my granddad. Um, he was like my best friend. Yeah. Um, and that was, while that was happening, what I didn't know is my mum was grieving. So she's mm. overcoming and crying in the other you know, he had like a, my granddad had his property, but then there'd be properties attached or nearby. Yeah. So she'd be like, you know, I've heard stories of her wailing in one of the houses whilst wow. I'm just there playing, getting on with things really unaware. Mm -hmm. So um, what that then meant is she still wanted to create a, a, a stable life for, for myself, for her. Yeah. So she went back to, um, came back to London and I was under the care of my grandparents. And obviously over there you have, um, you also have your, your when a, a father dies, mm. the brother will be like the heir, he will assume, or there'll be one of the brothers that assumes the role of the father. So yeah. th there was an uncle um, who essentially took me on as one of his children. Mm -hmm. So I stayed with him, his wife, his children, went to boarding school for a little bit. Um, I can't remember, I feel like that might have been like a year or two I was in boarding school in Uganda. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I grew up like a little bilingual baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, English is my first language, Luganda um, as my second, I think, mm -hmm. or maybe, I don't know which one would have been first. Um, but I know there's like little stories of when I came back to um, Uganda from London. Um, and my mum trying to let me play on the ground, but I'm used to the UK and how the UK looks and yeah, feels yeah, yeah, as yeah. a baby. And she tried to put me down, but I don't know if you've seen these videos of um, babies that are put on grass and they just lift their little yeah, legs yeah, up. Yeah. But that was me. I was like, I don't like this. And she, she was like, that, those are things that you would do because you just weren't accustomed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, she comes back to London, leaves me there. Mm. Um, I'm under the care of, basically a community. Um, I'm in boarding school. Um, I don't remember much in that time of her and I having lots and lots of contact. I imagine she would have come now and again to mm -hmm. like see me and things, but I just remember a lot of family rearing mm -hmm. and raising me. Um, I had a happy um, childhood. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't aware of any lack or anything like that. Boarding school wasn't a great experience. No, I can imagine. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because you've gone from being in a family environment. Yeah. Really surrounded by all those you... Mm. It takes, a, it takes a, a village to raise a child, yeah. essentially type thing. Yeah. So then going to a boarding school, away yeah. from people, away yeah. from the family. Mm -hmm. What's that like? So 
I I was actually there with my cousin who would have been my sister. So yeah, she yeah, yeah. The, in you. that family. So she was there. Mm -hmm. She was a couple of years, I think, older than I was. So she'd look out for me. But it wasn't it wasn't great because I was used to li living a certain way and being treated a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then here I am as though I'm, I'm just like, every, yeah, I'm just like everybody else, is yeah, it, yeah, for yeah, lack yeah, of a better yeah, word. Yeah. Um, I was my mum's only child. I used to get whatever. I, I'm my granddad's <laughs> baby. I, yeah. I was spoiled rotten. So to be in an environment where it's like queue up to get your porridge and your whatever or... I don't know, literal, we have like this um, Uganda dish called posho. It's like maybe the equivalent to like pounded jam. It would be that and beans and that's it. That's dinner. What? So it's very, yeah, it's like prison food almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was a lot. It was difficult. Um, they cut my hair. Girls aren't, they didn't have um, long hair in boarding school, so they shaved my head. So then even trying to make everyone look even more... Yeah, I had proper level one vibes. Like, it was just, it was all a lot. All the way around. Yeah, just all the way, no shape. No, no shape, just no, everything, just, 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 just rounded off. Oh. <laughs> so, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when, so this is the story that I've heard, is that when um, they sent my mum a picture of what they did to my hair, she was like, I'm coming back for my child. She was like, I can't do this. Um, she was saving up money already yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. like that. But I think then is when um, it was, I got, I think I traveled with a couple of cousins. They took me to an aunt's house and then my mum and I kind of met over there and she took me and we just started living together from, that was the eight, I think I was like six. Yeah, I was like six. So then I start living with mum again in London again, um, but I have to adjust yeah, yeah, um, again yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've I've kind of become used to a certain culture. You kneel for adults, you you know all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. If you need to answer a question in class, you stand up. So I'm there in in primary school, kneeling for my teachers and things like that. They called my mum in. They were like. We're a bit concerned because they thought, what's going on? Yeah, Why is your child yeah, kneeling yeah, yeah, every yeah. time they speak to an adult um, or standing up every time they need to answer a question? And she clarified it's a cultural thing yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I had to just, I spent some time in primary school adjusting back to um, the culture I was, I guess, born into. Yeah. And then since then, it's pretty much um, growing up was, was great. I mean... I'd say I had an, a stable, loving relationship with my mum. Mm -hmm. um, mutual respect. Um, but I think around about the age, when I was around seven, I think that's when I comprehended that I didn't have a dad. Oh, around about okay. the age of seven. I think at the early, because I was so consumed with everything else, I, yeah. I wasn't really aware. But at the age of like seven, I was aware. My dad's not around, he's not coming back. And my mum's really sad about it because um, I'd come into her room, she'd just be in tears mm. and um, I just started to learn how to console her mm -hmm. and I think from the age of seven, eight years old, I was forced into maturity, forced into being an adult. Seven, eight? Yeah, forced in, like, I mean, it was, it was either do this, this was my assumption, it was either do this mm -hmm. or the house is crumbling, like the household is crumbling because the emotions were so raw for my mum. Mm. Um, you know, she's lost the love of her life. They were high school sweethearts. Mm. Like it, it wasn't like they just met somewhere and had a child. They yeah. were 
together um her first love and all that kind of stuff um their first child mm. and then he goes a year and a half i mean you can imagine the, the trauma um and so i learned to console my mom i learned how to comfort her with words mm -hmm. how to comfort her with my presence and while that was good for her it also was bad for her and bad for me because i kind of assumed the role of her husband mm. i then assumed the role of being my own father mm. i then assume and i become this entity um and while I become this entity, I'm, I'm simultaneously depriving myself of a childhood from like eight onwards. So even in my social group, I'm the agony aunt. Mm. Like if there's problems, go to Rona, she's going to have an answer. That was secondary school, people coming to me with their problems. This and this is going on, this and this. And, this. and I'm just like, oh, well, why don't you? And I'm just vomiting out all this stuff that I've probably heard somewhere, read somewhere, assumed somewhere. And sometimes it lands and then mm. it it just that just kind of became a way of life for us and it became the dynamic of mine mine and my mom's relationship mm. and it's only i'd say since i started dating omar um obviously long before marriage i mm -hmm. realized that this couldn't work this dynamic of me trying to be a partner to two, two people, people. Wow. it couldn't work and then i had to go through therapy and, and deal with all of that so yeah childhood was interesting it was up and it was down but how do you feel you taking on such a weight at such a young age affects mm. you now um i'd say that even in the the mess that i um created in assuming that role mm. there's something beautiful that god pulled out of it mm. because um, in me assuming um, responsibility at such a, a young age and, and becoming this, this thing, it's meant that the places and spaces I'm in now, I can handle and manage um, yeah. with a level of, of grace mm. that I don't know that I would have been able to had I not gone through some of the experiences. So while it was messy, I think God's turned it around into being something quite beautiful because um, again, as he does. Exactly, as he does. Um, wherever it is, if it's friendship groups, if it's um, in my, my um, partnership with Omar and overseeing mm -hmm. um, 2.0, if it's wherever it is, I'm finding that a lot of the things I went through have now become sort of stepping stones and, mm. and, and have uh, allowed me to develop muscles that mean I'm not overcome or overwhelmed by the places mm -hmm. and spaces I'm in. So. Yeah. What did you want to become when you were younger? And did mm -hmm. what you kind of had to take on in terms of responsibility mm -hmm. affect the trajectory of that? Um, yeah, yes, it did. Um, I wanted to become a few things. Okay. Um, so without responsibility, without anybody else's um, input, mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to either be a dancer, what kind of dance, I don't know, not dance hall, but <laughs> <laughs> or some kind of just, I don't know, some, some kind of contemporary, I don't know, okay. um, some kind of movement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been one. Yeah. Another would have been um, some kind of artist, whether painting, sketching, because oh, wow. those were things that when I was really young, had a natural knack for sketching, for oh, anything wow. like that. Um, 
had an eye for detail and, mm-hmm. you know, always did really well in art. Um, but obviously, I'm an African girl. Where am I going with this? Would be my mum's or aunties. Where? What can you do with an art degree? Da, 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 all that kind of stuff. We need doctors. We need yeah, yeah, we need doctors and lawyers. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to be was a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and I think that was more... I wanted to because I do like to talk. I like mm-hmm. to... I like debate. I like um, thinking. I like thinking critically. I, mm-hmm. I like um, interpreting things. Yeah. I do enjoy that way. Um, so while the lawyer side was definitely the influence of um, my elders, mm-hmm. there was something in it that I think I, I would have enjoyed. So I did want that. Um, and I did, at a point, want to be a teacher. This okay. was super young. But that was like, that. I think it was just a moment in time. And I think I mentioned it to my friends because they're the ones that remind me because I don't even remember saying I wanted to. Yeah. Um, wanted to be a teacher, wanted to teach English specifically um, because, again, I liked to talk, mm-hmm. I like language, um, I like expression, I like grey areas mm-hmm. um, and I thought a subject like English lends itself well to that. So those are the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how the kind of the hats I had to wear from a young age affect that um, I think, yeah, I think what ended up happening is maybe the things I, I wanted to do in my, my, my childhood, just the, the innocent kind of whimsical mm-hmm. desires of dance and, and art, I didn't get to do because the responsible me mm. um, and the me that wanted to offer stability financially, emotionally, mentally, mm. knew that the thing to do is to go down either lawyer or teacher route because you're either getting money or you're never out of work if you're a teacher kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I'd say that that nature informed the career path I took um, without me even really realising. Mm. Um, and so I did end up teaching. Thank God I love it. You mm-hmm. know, it's not something that I, I hate or resent or anything like that. I do love what I do. Um, Still overworked, underpaid, but it's okay. <laughs> As with most teachers, probably um, all teachers. But it's okay yeah, because yeah. there's still a passion for the subject, there's a passion for children, so yeah. it's fine. But yeah, I'd say a lot of how life went informed the decision that I made in going down that career path. Mm. Um, yeah. When, when was the last time you painted or sketched or...? So long ago. So long ago. I can't even tell you how long ago. It'd have to be in, in school. I remember I was in a work meeting, funnily enough, so this would have been in my last school. This would have mm. been, let's say, I want to say like before the pandemic. So let's say maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a work meeting and then um, I had a phone case with a, a lion on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just took off the phone case, really bored in this work meeting, it's a pointless meeting. <laughs> and, um, and then I just start what I feel was doodling Mm -hmm. I'm just like doodling this this picture of this lion on a bit of paper just what I can see I'm just drawing 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 and then um afterwards I stepped back from it I was like this is pretty pretty decent and I think in that moment I was taken back to um that talent and that gift and and how neglected it is and how 
therapeutic that moment felt that moment felt for me mm. being in a in an environment that I didn't necessarily want to be in yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was able to kind of have this outer body otherworldly experience just in drawing mm. so um it's been too long I would say mm -hmm. but it is something um that I enjoy I enjoy I, I kind of find it takes me away mm. a little bit and it's yeah it's lovely because clearly the gift's still there yeah it is still there it is still there regardless of how long it is between yeah i just haven't done anything with it <laughs> but this time there's yeah there's definitely time. time first when i started kind of like doing more research yeah on who you were um started watching you know you preach and, yeah. and those types of things oh, this is great you know superb but then i went to the youtube the mm. youtube channel and um you were telling a story about, you know, how you were, you know, a young dance hall, <laughs> yes. dance hall raver, fanatic, yeah. and uh, mm. I said, hold on, this, 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 doesn't correlate. this, this, this Rona who, mm. who's speaking of war and love, this, 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 <laughs> this is, this is the same. Yeah. So how do you go from yeah. loving family, you know, mm -hmm. supporting, was that kind of your release then, essentially? <gasps> I can't even tell, I, okay, I'll say this, an element of it is, an, is a release, but okay. was it even as deep as needing a release? Maybe it was, but I wasn't aware of it. How do I get from point A to point B? Yes. Um, so I was a very well-behaved child, considering how much freedom I had, because my mom used to work night shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be out like that. This is prior um, yeah, raving yeah. and things like that. I wouldn't be out. I would make my own dinners. I would do my homework. I would put myself to bed oh, at you night. Oh, you was good. You was, was good. good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I was yeah. good. And then I heard dance hall for the first time. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. I, I'm so like, it was just infectious. Mm. It was infectious. And I'm going to be real. It was infectious. Um, the rhythm, the beat, the culture the confidence within that world, um, what you could become in that space, mm. I think, was just, at the time, I didn't have the language to say that's what was happening for me and what I appreciated so much about it. Oh, yeah. I just saw it as it's just vibes, it's vibes, it's vibes, or whatever word I would have used at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was so much within it because with dance, it's not just, it wasn't just the music. It wasn't just music. It wasn't just Idonia, Vibes Class. It wasn't, th it wasn't those things. It was the entire culture. It was um, the people that you would meet. It mm. was the dress sense. It was the language. It was the community. Because there's still a, there's a community within that. Yeah. Um, so what people may see is, you know, a girl shocking out, just moving yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jumping off the ladder. Jumping off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. But there was this whole other back, um, story yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, attached to whatever is happening in those moments and so it started with the night shifts it started with I think maybe a couple of cousins uh, taking me to under 18 things mm -hmm. um, and then I'm just like yeah like uh, this is good this is enjoyable this is fun and I can move to this and I, I'm good at this from what people are you know um, saying and mm -hmm. implying and um, the, the crowd's response and stuff and then it quickly escalated from under 18 things to uh, one of my birthdays 
because um, I'd I it's like there there was different types of people in in the dance hall like setting mm -hmm. there'd be the the girls the girly girls yeah. that just do whatever the girly girls would yeah, do enjoying themselves and enjoying themselves in the corner mm -hmm. and then there'd be like the dancers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. i was with the dancers and those were predominantly male and you'd have the odd girl here and like the routine are you like the routine that yeah all of that all yeah. of that so i was with those guys and um one of them um who was in my circle happened to be um a dj still a dj now really like he's blown now yeah, yeah, yeah. um and they were like let's go to um this club in the area that i grew up in obviously this is a big people club now yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't i'm obviously underage but it's a big people now. Yes. Yeah, yeah 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 and so i get in there and i mean again maybe this is just me being an individual who likes to be immersed in things and feel really present um but i get in there and it's just i could i could remember i could remember every detail even now like the music is thumping it's pitch black there's just glow in the dark artwork mm -hmm. um, on the walls and the ceiling the atmosphere is just it's i feel like electric is so cliche but mm. there's just this wet like these waves of adrenaline sweeping over you as you're coming into this place you get in it's bustling, it's busy, there's, you know, smells of weed, drink, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Um, and you, you're familiar with the songs and you know, like I was always a sucker for a DJ that could mix well. Like if you can mix what well, I don't care who you are, we're friends. Because I, could, I couldn't handle a DJ that couldn't mix. Like what are we doing? <laughs> the sounds are clashing, it's a lot. So <laughs> a DJ that could mix well was my back. Like that's me, like you and I are going to be friends. Mm. And so this is my first big people, because obviously I'm going to the under 18s. Mm. It'd be- It's not the same. It's not the same. Not It'd the same. be maybe the guy that's in college learning how to mix yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And it was decent, but these are professionals now at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm there, all of that's happened. There's been this build up. I'm there and I'm just, I've just, I'm immersed in it. I'm dancing, I'm this and that. But now it's not just the crowd, it's you've got your big old Yardy D um, hype man on the mic, like, whoa, watch out. What? All of that, all yeah, the yeah, klaxons, all yeah, and this, all and the wheeler, no, 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 no. Yeah, all, all of that. So it's just, it's just gassing you. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest, <laughs> it's just gassing you. <laughs> so at this point, I'm just like, feeling myself i'm mm. like no one can tell me nothing i'm in here on my birthday i've got pure wheel ups i don't know how many wheel ups i've got i'm just feeling like i'm it and then from there i'm hooked oh, yeah. i'm addicted to that feeling of gratification and, mm. and that feeling of praise um and affirmation from strangers you know what i wow. mean um and and then that's it that's me every it's 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 not every saturday it's friday it's saturday it's if i can get in in the middle of the week then midweek probably not because i'd have school <laughs> um <do you laughs> that's the only thing stopping you if i didn't have school, school it could be wednesday um, Thursday, yeah Friday, it could Saturday. be any day of the week <laughs> but honestly from there it's fridays it's saturdays and i'm there every weekend to the point where like you know they'd have um the TV, you know, you have TVs in the clubs mm. and maybe they might loop um, um, 
events and things yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and so, pictures from the yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. the night the previous nights or the week before it's just like to the it's regular now to see myself just looping on the different tvs yeah it was just normal it was just normal your name starts circulating and then it's all oh, have you thought about dance hall queen and it's just like it was a proper thing like a conversation of just like we're going to enter you into the dance hall queen competition in the dance hall queen yeah in the, the uk one <laughs> what dance hall queen competition um yes i'm all there watching the videos i'm like oh could i do it? i think i could do that and you know whoa, i was whoa, this whoa, close whoa 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 i'm sorry yeah I'm sorry. The dance hall queen competition. Yeah, there's like a whole. It's like a whole like you thing. deepen it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. It's not. I'm. It's not that. It's just a. It's just a little club thing. It's like there are competitions I could enter and I win, and maybe there's payment. Maybe there's recognition, and I don't know the odd chance that uh, an artist is in the UK. You could be in their video. Shocking out, doing whatever you're doing. Yeah, it was deep like that. I met other people that had, they, they hadn't, um, they hadn't, these were guys, so they didn't obviously have dance hall queen competitions, mm -hmm. but they were respected dance, like male dance hall um, guys, like mm -hmm. in the UK. Yeah. And they were the ones, to, and that's what, they were the ones that brought it to me. So that's what was gassing me. It wasn't my raving buddies. It's like people it's who the, it's are... It's the upper echelon. Yeah. The respected dance hall, <laughs> master of ceremonies, whatever you want right. to call them. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, yeah, it's yeah. those people telling me, you know, consider it. Like, you're sick. Like, why not do this? So... Yeah, I was immersed, fully immersed in that world. And, um, and then I accidentally, well, I say accidentally, I just happened to accidentally go to, to church in the process. And then those two worlds just collide. And I'm like, ah! So how, hold on. Yeah. This is a lot to get my head around. Yeah. Anyway. Because I just thought you just really enjoyed the dance. So you was at the no. raise. To hear that you was, you was being considered for Dance Hall Queen yeah. of, of whatever competition, whatever year. Yeah, yeah. Makes me know that you're not just immersed. Like, this is something that... Yeah. If I can find a way to get to that... Yeah. I'm going to that rather yeah. than anything else. Yeah, it was... It was... But again, it wasn't that I was searching for that. It's that it was brought to me as a consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... And it's funny because it's just as that was coming in, it's just as I um, happened to go to church um, for, it was something to do with the, there was just, it was just something to do in the holidays. Mm. I think we'd broken up for six week holidays or something in school. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine how young I am, exposing how young I was. Um, <laughs> so we just broke up um, and, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I think had I not gone to church or had I not had whatever encounter, um, I think, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know where I'd be. So how does that, how does that balance then work? Because obviously mm -hmm. you, you have your friend's party. Yeah. Your friend tells you, oh, Rona, please just relax, don't dance. Just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just, just hold, hold your <clears throat> corner and that's my birthday. Yeah. And the tune comes on and then... Yes. <laughs> you get me? <laughs> that, that happens. That was my that's all impression while I'm sitting down. You get me? I was gonna say, okay, I don't know what move that is. <laughs> I don't okay. know what move it's that is. Fine. It just it encapsulated it kinda, everything. Yeah, Do you know what it, I mean? All the news, all the yeah. one. Um, so that happens. Mm -hmm. But then obviously you just said you you go into church at this point. Yes. 
So how do you balance that? Yeah, so um, kind of overlapping the stories a little bit. So okay. that what I'd shared is just just my first time of actually stepping in, stepping foot in a church in, in years. Got ya. So the thing that happened with my friend and her asking me to just not make it about you. Yeah. Um, that happened when I was kind of in the thick of I'd been attending church now. Really? I'd been going I've been going for months, I think maybe even a year at that point. Because you're trying to hold it down because you yeah, weren't. Yeah, you know. because I'm thinking but at that point I hadn't had I'd attended church. Mm -hmm. I would say I had encounters, emotional encounters with God, but I wouldn't would I say that I'd fully surrendered? No. Mm -hmm. So that year from when I'd um, got accidentally gone to church just for something to do to the point of it being my friend's birthday, I was still, I wouldn't say I was fully, fully sorry because I was still engaging. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, 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 yeah. I was still engaging in the dance hall, like listening to the music and I wasn't raving as hard or anything like that, but I was still listening to the music. Mm. Um, so yeah, that happens because she knows what I'm like. Mm -hmm. She knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So she's politely asking, let it be about me. I'm like, you caught me at a good time. Yeah, That's yeah. not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Because... Me and God are cool. Me, yes, I'm trying to work on this thing with God because other people are telling me that what I'm doing or how I'm living isn't matching up with, with what I'm professing to follow. Mm. But my thing is, is... I, show me a verse that says that thou shalt not listen to Vibes Cartel, then I'll stop. I'm not seeing it, so what are we doing? I just didn't understand. I was just like, oh, it's music. Uh, you'll survive. Like, you know what I mean? I just, mm. I just saw it as it's not that deep. It's just the beat. It's just the it's beat just beats kind of and thing. Rhymes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which is just so ironic because it's like, of all. Anyway. Um, so. When when I heard that, I just thought at the very least, what I can do mm. is I can try out this whole abstaining from raves mm. and abstaining from dancing mm. and uh, let me do God this favor of just like because He knows I love Him and you, mm. I'm just like I've got, God, you know I love you and you know you know I wouldn't intentionally mm. hurt you. So even if I am potentially ignorant to this thing, let me just let me just stop then and mm -hmm. just see. And you let me know, because I'm not going to do something if you don't let me know. Because mm. I, I just don't see it. I don't see what the problem is. And I think the issue I had is that people were telling me what to do or telling me what not to do, but they weren't fully explaining the love of God. They weren't explaining the heart of God behind mm -hmm. why maybe I should abstain yeah, or why yeah. I should stay away from certain things. So I then took it to God as they're telling me what to do, or what not to do. Well, I'll wait for you to tell me what to do and what not to do. And I wasn't oh, engaging wow. God for his love. I just wanted to know what, what I was allowed to do or not. So I was just like, yeah, to my friend, you caught me a good time. I'm not letting myself do this anyway. I'm just giving this, this thing a trial run where I don't rave and blah, blah, blah. So obviously we know how that went. Mm. That didn't go too well. <laughs> So realistically, it's because people were telling you about mm. A, you're doing A at the moment, you need to get to B, but we're yeah. really giving you the journey in between. No, no. And it's coming from youth. So this is the thing, is that this isn't coming from adults because uh, I've been in my church well over a decade. Okay. I love, I love, like, 
Ark, oh my gosh, big up Ark. Like I, I don't know who, where I'd be without that church community. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily adults or the church or anything like that. It was a select few young people that were probably not as mature anyway in their faith. Wow. And I could tell for some, I can say this boldly without, without anything. I know for some of them, it was a matter of jealousy. Mm. Of who's this girl coming in, mad confident, da, 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 all this stuff. Um, and I could tell some of it was just from a place of just downright zeal, but not really knowing how to articulate mm. from a place of compassion. Um, so I had this hybrid and I could smell it. I'd, had, I'd been in the world, so I know what it's like when somebody is jealous or they are skeptical mm -hmm. or that I could see it. Mm -hmm. So when it's coming from that place, I'm just like, but you're not even for me anyway. So mm. you're telling me to do something. I'm not even feeling the compassion from you anyway. So what are we doing here? And whereas I felt the love and the compassion in the dancehall community. Wow. So you're telling me to leave a place that gives me affirmation, a place, a sense of community to come what to you who is, is doing what? Mm -hmm. Giving me the complete opposite. Mm. So my thing was, is I didn't come for people anyway. I'm not going to leave for people. I'm, I'm here because I've, I feel I've had an encounter with the Lord. Mm. And so I'm going to take it to him. So I'm like, God, if you've got a problem with it, show, show me. Show, show me yourself. And um, that's exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. And it's so funny because I went in it so naive mm. and so uh, cocky as well. Just naive, just cocky. Just like, if it's that deep, then go ahead, Lord. And he showed me his love. And that's, that's the thing, is that I was just overtaken and overwhelmed by the love of God. Mm. And a revelation, outside of the love of God, just a revelation of God. Mm. Just as, as being, as self-sustained, just I do not need you, my love for you is bespoken, I want you, mm. I am God. Just unconcealed, just literally deity. And so when you are confronted by that mm. and you have your experiences and your encounter in the dance hall mm -hmm. it's just like come on all of this pales in comparison to that mm. and so the choice to leave that and put it down was so easy because it wasn't about rules mm. it was simply god revealing himself and i think that sometimes that's where we miss it with people mm -hmm. is they come into our churches or they come into our places and spaces and what we do is we present them laws but we show it to them in the new testament mm. without actually getting them to understand the christ that that died for the very sins that they're committing um and i think if we took people's gaze away from rules and do's and don'ts and focused on i guess highlighting God just in 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 all the purity of, of, of God is, is just all powerful, all mm. loving, all all knowing, just as deity, right? Mm. Um, just the divinity of God, the sanctity, all of that stuff, then we would have people uh, that are um, living or walking a life of obedience. Easy. Mm. Because I'm I'm living in response to this greatness. Mm. Every everything else pales in comparison. Like everything. Mm. I I think about the affirmation I would get in a club that all the things I would I was describing to you, the goosebumps, the waves of adrenaline, the mm. all of these things, they become dust. They're mm. like they're like 
a drop of water in an ocean mm-hmm. when I, I weigh that up against the, um, the understanding I have of God mm-hmm. and the, the love and the, the, the weight mm-hmm. of God. Just even just in just thinking about him. That's not even me encountering, just me thinking about God or just going outside and looking at what he's created. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. One of the it's interesting beautiful. things that you, you illustrated out there was mm. the, the, the feeling of community yeah. in your, with, the, with doing the dance hall and everything like that outweighed the rules mm. that you were told by people who had who didn't have the substance mm. or whatever or the, the underlying meanings go with those mm. those those things that we need to follow so then you were like why well, am i going to leave this community yeah if you're just telling me rules yeah but then you said but god's love completely outweighed the community that i had over there mm. and then what tends to happen as you've just more eloquently described mm-hmm. is that people come in and they're given rules mm-hmm. you can't wear that hat why yeah. is your jeans this? Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's about appearance. Yes. Sometimes it's about, oh, why do you smell like this? Why do you do this? Mm. You can't go to this place. You can't do this. You can't do this. So you smell like alcohol. Mm. Da, 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 da. And already you've kind of put someone off without mm. them experience that you actually love yeah. them or that God loves them. Yeah. So yeah. that puts people off coming back again. Yes. Because then it's like back to your point. Why am I leaving this community? Exactly. If you guys just give me all these rules and X, yeah. Y, and Z, that just don't really make sense. Yeah. And don't feel like it's from a loving place. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is then, how do people struggle with this every day? Mm-hmm. They're coming to churches or they're, they're coming to, to particular places where, where, where Christians are and all sorts of things. They feel maybe judged or yeah. in a certain thing and then it yeah. kind of puts them off. How do we show more of God's love to those people, especially who... Mm. come seeking it mm. I mean there are different ways there mm. are different ways to show the love of God it's it's difficult to kind of give a one size um, fits, fits all, all approach because mm. everybody's life is so unique the things that kind of come about mm. and, and make their life what it is is so unique and so different mm. um, so it takes a level of partnership assistance walking mm. with that person the people that I would say got through to me um, and I listened to, to the point of being like, well, let me just try it anyway, were the people that were walking with me, the mm. people that would partner with me in life and um, were with me even whilst I was doing it. And one thing I've learned in being in church mm. and especially in overseeing a church is people are going to do it whether you tell them to anyway. <laughs> whether you tell them to do it, whether you tell them not to do it, people are going to carry on doing what they want mm. to do. Um, and you can't hold yourself responsible for the things that somebody does. What you can hold yourself responsible or accountable for is how you treat them as they journey through the things that they do. Mm. So your responsibility and your duty is to walk alongside them. So if you know what, they're dressing crazy provocative and Mm. you have a, oh, you don't want them to to be a stumbling block to the brothers, come alongside them, Mm. you know, befriend them, find out their story. And nine times out of 10, you will find the route to the very surface thing you're trying to fix on them Mm. is actually deep seated and it's going to take more than a quick trip to, I don't know, 
wherever. I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of somewhere that sells baggy clothes. Um, <laughs> but just a quick trip to wherever yeah. to cover them up. Mm. Um, it's going to take journeying with that person. And as you journey with them, you unpack, you unravel, you, you, you evidence whatever it is, whatever misconstrued understanding they have of God, of a father, of this, of that. Mm. You, you use your knowledge and your wisdom to guide them to the scriptures, mm. to plug certain holes. And then you will find, this is the thing, as they have a greater revelation of who and what God is, mm. they have a greater revelation of who and what they are. Mm. And naturally, because we are creatures of habit, what we think comes out in our behavior, our behavior then becomes habit. So when their mind concerning who they are and who God is changes, mm. their actions are gonna change. And if their actions change, their habits will change. And mm -hmm. before you know it, you've got a being that's living a certain lifestyle, mm -hmm. or because you decided to have a conversation that went beyond the surface of clothing and actually mm -hmm. dealt with their, their mind, which mm -hmm. was the root issue. So. It's going to take partnership. It's going to take walking with a person. It's going to take journey. It's going to take patience mm -hmm. as well. Um, and also, I think just a bit of humility in remembering where you were once mm -hmm. upon a time. Because I think sometimes we can be um, in church for so long that we forget that we were once individuals who were not w walking with God, mm -hmm. who may not have been as clean mouthed mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And mm. The same grace you would have hoped for for yourself is mm. the same grace you should extend to other people. Mm. So that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Mm. How do you go from dance or raver to mm. preacher, teacher? How does that transition happen? Yeah. And did you feel the pressure of that gift? Mm. Um. So, like I said, I had a really vivid encounter with God in which he just revealed himself. Mm -hmm. He revealed his love, he revealed himself. Everything else just fell to the ground, like mm -hmm. nothing else mattered. Mm -hmm. And so what that forced me into was a life of discipline, mm -hmm. a life of being essentially a disciple, a mm -hmm. follower, uh, one that was rooted in, in, in just pursuing God. So that, that one encounter in just understanding God sparked so much for me really? in, in, yeah, it just, it was like, it was like the catalyst. It was like the uprooting. It was, it did so much in triggering just change. Mm. And to this day, it wasn't a fancy sermon. It wasn't anyone telling me what to do. It was just God revealed. Mm. God revealed is what changed the trajectory of my life. God revealed is what cemented my journey. God, God revealed is what ensured surrender mm. and all the things that people may have wanted to change but it came about when God was revealed mm. you know and um, I fell in love with God fell in love and continued to fall in love with the gospel and so what that meant is I'm now a disciple I'm now following mm. I'm now studying the word I'm looking I'm waking up with a desire to study the scripture and see and understand more mm. and my and this is the thing is that when that penny dropped for me it was kind of weird because i assumed it even when I, I stepped foot in church i just assumed every i assumed that what the preacher preached on a sunday mm. we all did it in the week i assumed no seriously i was just like we all, we all do that in the week 
and what he's talking about, he's living in the week. Mm. So I don't have, I'm not coming into, I'm not born in the church, I'm not raised in the church. Mm. So I'm like, man, like these people, that's why they're always dancing and they're crying at the altar and they're so happy wow. and da, da, da. So I'm like, man, like this sounds so, and th there's so much joy in what he's saying. I want this, mm. I want what they have. And I'm seeing them having encounters and singing joyfully in tambourine. And I'm just like, I want that. Mm. Right. So. How do I encounter God again? How did he meet what? Wow. It's, it's studying, right? Because that's mm. what the preacher said. It's, it's singing in your room, right? Because that's what the preacher said. And that's what I did. Mm. Day in, day out. I'd wake up before school. I remember I'd wake up. So I lived um, a few doors from, no, not a few doors, like, quite, it's a, like a three minute walk. I remember we had something called morning glory at um, my church. It'd be like, like, what is it, like four? Four till like 6 a.m. or something like that. Mm. Um, I'd wake up, I'd go to morning glory. Just in the week, just go to morning glory. And then I'd, I'd go in my uniform mm. and I'd, I'd leave there and then maybe I'd go back home, have breakfast, then I'd walk to school. Or I'd go and do that and then maybe I might go back and whatever. And I was just, in my mind, mm. we're all doing this. So... Mm. Me reading, it's not unique, it's not, it's just we're Christians, this is what we do. Mm. And so what ended up happening was all of this word that's locked up on the inside, all of these, this, this pursuit, all this prayer, all the, and it's not my works or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to like mm. pitch or sell here. It's just, I was just so convinced and so persuaded by mm. God um, that I would find myself in places and spaces and involuntarily, I would end up preaching or speaking or something, what I had been chewing on in the week. But I didn't realise what I was, because that's not, who, who do I know that preaches? It's not, mm. it's not something I pursued. It's not something that I even necessarily saw mm. in, um, in church. I didn't see young girls preaching to, to desire that. It was the first time I really ever remember it happening as I was asked to lead prayer because that was my things I, I once I got rid of all my CDs all my all of it mm. I was like there's really nothing to do now because I'd be at home listening to my music back to back back to back dancing back to back back to back now I'm like what do I do I'm like okay maybe let me pray so then I started all that time I'd used to just dance and whatever and listen to my music yeah, it was now prayer mm. and so it I would just pray for time, mm. praying for time. And then um, I joined the prayer team, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Then it'd be, you know, Rona lead a prayer. I'd lead prayer, I'm praying, I'm praying, but it's like I've been chewing on the word at home. So when I'm praying... It's nothing new. It's, yeah, it's just, it's laden with scripture. And I'm reminding God of his promises and da-da-da-da-da. And then that would stem into... Lord, will you blah, blah, blah to we need to da, 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 da. And the Lord is calling us to. And I'm not doing this voluntarily. And I open my eyes because I finished my prayer. Mm. And it's either pin drop silence and everyone looking like what just happened. Or it's, it's raucous yeah, applause. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we do need. And then it's a sister or a brother coming up to you saying they were really blessed by what you said. I'm like, mm. what did I say? I thought we were praying. Do you know what I mean? So then my pastor saw a gift um, and he just gave me opportunities with like a little exhortation here and there. And then eventually, um, eventually I preached. 
but before, like before the Sunday uh, congregation. But before that, the first time I preached, it was an, again an accident. It was supposed to be a 10 minute testimony at um, a youth sleepover in my church. I was supposed to be same how same way you're sitting next to me. I'm sitting next to you. Mm. Um, uh, one of the youth leaders, her name's Michelle. Michelle was interviewing me just to share a little bit more about my um, conversion process mm. with the dance hall stuff. Mm. And what was supposed to be a ten minute interview turned into an hour long sermon with all the youth at the front repenting, crying their eyes out. Ministers that had come just laying hands. People speaking in tongues for the first time. This one just confessed. It was just, and I'm just like, God, you're like, you are, you're real. Like you are real, you know? Um, so it was, it was, it was all an accident is what I'm trying to say. It was all an accident. But you, you, yeah. you, you say it was an accident. Yeah. But when you look at your life, mm. even from when you were younger. Yeah. Whether it's you going from Uganda to London, London to Uganda, you've been mm-hmm. taken up from one place and have to immerse yourself into something, into a whole different mm-hmm. culture. Like, there's a have to. Mm-hmm. There's not a, oh, I like this, let me. Yeah. It's a have to do this. Mm-hmm. So then what happens when you start to go into the dancehall community, mm-hmm. you, you immerse yourself into that mm-hmm. straight away. And that's not even a have to, that's a, I want, I want to. to yeah. Then you move out of the dancehall culture and you start to go into church. Yeah. And you have that revelation now, immediately you're like, I want to immerse myself mm-hmm. into this, but it all comes, stems from uh, having to immerse yourself mm-hmm. in all these different cultures initially yeah. to you knowing, okay, once I feel comfortable in a place, yeah. I, I'm just going to stay here. Mm-hmm. So then you immerse yourself in the, in, in the church mm-hmm. and in what you're doing and you say, I have to get all of this. Yeah. I have to experience all of this. Yeah. And that's how it seems like you approach mm-hmm. life. Yes. If I'm in this, I have to experience all of it. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Like I have, I have to exhaust it. I have to feel it. I have to just ride it till the wheels fall off. Um, yeah, I have to. I have to get the very best out of it. It has to get the very best out of me. Um, it's either all or nothing. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. why you haven't gone back to the art mm. because you you can't. Oh gosh, I don't know what would happen. I'll probably yeah, end up immersed in that. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when you do go back to it. Mm, yeah. Whether you're able to give all or nothing or... Yeah. Whether it's like, because I can't give all or nothing. But this is, this is it's, it's good, but it can be a little bit dangerous as well because um, it's kind of like what you're saying with the art side of things. It could be without realising, quite limiting, because let's say I do want to, but then in the back of my mind, I've got this niggling thought that says, oh, you know, but how much time will you have to... Mm. Because I want it to be perfect, not perfect, but I want it to be great. I want to be able to say I I did that, Mm. you know, and it's got my stamp and I'm proud of this body of work or Mm. whatever. Um, So as powerful and as brilliant as it can be, it can also um, work against you if you if you let it kind of thing because it can be a little bit crippling because you end up not doing certain things because mm-hmm. you just wanna you wanna immerse yourself there. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I should take that back. It's not an accident. It's all very strategic. Mm-hmm. Very, um, it's all knitted and planned and laid out pretty well. Yeah. Kind of thinking back and hearing you say it back to me is when I realised. Yeah, 
that's actually, it's all kind of been put together quite, quite strategically by God. When I hear your story, I understand why you and Omar are together. Really? <laughs> Tell me why. I'd love to know. From your perspective, I know why, obviously. You both immerse yourself in these things. Mm. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no little, yeah. there's no small, there's yeah. no 50%. No. It's either I'm doing this 100% yeah. or it's not happening. Yeah. That is him 100%. But that's you as well? That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you both, you both did. Like you just, yeah. we just talked about you immersing yourself in all these yeah. different communities and different parts of your life. Mm. He's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when we look at Art 2.0 and you two coming together, how does that work? Um, because now it's, it's requiring you two as a married couple, because five mm -hmm. years ago you were single. Yes. Now you're married mm -hmm. to, to Mr. Omar Taki. Yes. How do you now immerse yourself, considering how you both know each other are, in uh -huh. terms of it's either all or nothing? Yes. How does that, how do you do that? Mm. And how does it affect you two? Um, concerning 2.0, concerning generally? 2.0 mm -hmm. and then generally. And gen okay. So concerning 2.0, it's a really good question. Um, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew we were similar, but hearing, I think hearing it that way, I think um, it makes a lot of sense. And I think a part of it is why maybe outside of obviously the grace of God, outside of... Um, um, the amazing team that we have outside of um, the amazing input we've had from um, our senior leaders, mm. our senior pastors, like that aside, I think part of the growth that we've seen in 2.0, the passion that we see in the people that attend, the willingness to give and sacrifice, da da da, da has come from that all or nothing. Mm. If you are in this 2.0 church and you're in this group chat and you see the things that go on and you're in the bible studies and you witness what it's like to be under somebody of that way mm. you realize that you reap i mean the benefits are insane because mm. he isn't trying to be the best preacher mm. he's not trying to be the best pastor he's trying to get you to be the best surrendered mm. you can be like just that's it just the best disciple you can be that's mm. his heart and so it's like you're getting by any means necessary you are getting the very best of him mm. uh, you'll get the very best of me where I can afford myself um, mm. to as well um, so what that means for 2.0 is that they I believe get uh, rich teaching mm. they get sincere 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 and transparent leadership mm -hmm. they get um covering from people that love them mm. and I'm, when i say wholeheartedly I, it's just it sounds like words and it sounds like a cliche it sounds like a thing that you're supposed to say because mm. it's your church but it's not i know omar and i know myself mm. i know our leadership team we love them mm. it's like it's like I'm, I've never mothered a child. He's mm. never fathered a child. Mm. But it's like we feel like parents. Mm. We feel like these are our children and we've got to nurture and protect them every single step of the way. And even if they fumble, we've got... It's just there's this overwhelming sense of covering 
from the most sincere place and mm. it's like I don't want anything from you other than other than for you to be great mm. and even if you decide this isn't for you God bless you on your way out find somewhere where you can flourish kind mm. of thing so that's how that works with 2.0 how that works for us as a dynamic as a um, husband and wife I think we just want to we want to see each other be um, be excellent mm. um, I know and it comes out in the way that we um, talk to one another, the things that we hope for and dream for. Mm. We want to see each other uh, maximise and pull out and um, basically just live a life um, where we die empty. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of things and conversations that we have behind the scenes, a lot of things that we have in the pipeline, um, just as far as what he wants to do as an individual, what mm. I want to do as an individual, what we would want to do as a unit. Mm. There are lots and lots of conversations having um, that we're having that would mean that when we get to that point a face in our maker, we can say we gave we gave it everything. Mm. Um, it we need to learn how to rest. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. Mm. We need to learn how to rest. Mm. Um, we're learning how to rest, um, but I think again because of the the nature, and he said it before, um, the nature of how this church is growing. Um, we learn to rest at 50, but the way we learn to rest at 50 needs to change when we get to 100. Mm. We learn how to rest at 100, we need to learn how to rest when we get to 200. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly adjusting our methods and our boundaries mm -hmm. um, to ensure that we are resting well, mm -hmm. considering the new climate and space that we're in mm -hmm. with 2.0, so yeah. What impact has your husband had on you as a person? Oh, um, He's had a massive, massive, massive impact on me as a person. Um, I know for a fact the, the way that I am right now, even some of the opportunities I've had, mm. wouldn't be here had it not been for him being in my life. Mm. Um, he has challenged me to be everything that God's called me to be. Mm. He has pulled out a vulnerability in mm. me that I didn't even know I possessed. Mm. I thought I was just strong, sassy, independent. I get my own money, got my own car, got my own house. Like, I just thought, yeah, like, I've got it made. Like, I, I could do battle by myself. Like, I, it's me, me, Jesus and the angels mm. kind of thing. Um, and I just, I was on this flex of just, yeah, like, I don't need, I don't need, I want but I don't need anything or anyone. I can just, you know, get on. Um, but he has taught me a level of safety and innocence that I lost so long ago. Mm. So all that stuff about responsibility, maturity, just being forced into maturity. It's like I've been forced to regress and mm. go back to having this like childlike innocence and just play. Mm. Like I get to play mm. and that is something that I cherish and I'm so grateful to God for that um, this union has given me. As much as people be like, oh, dynamic duo and all of these things, what they don't see behind the scenes is when we get home, it's just play. Mm. It's innocence. It's I'll, I'll do this, babe, you know, and I'm just like, 
wait, you mean that means I get to sit, I get to sit down, I get to not worry, I get mm. to not, because I'm so used to having to think and organize and strategize and alphabetize and color code and to-do list and to-do list and to-do list. To this day, I still have to-do list, but there's ways in which he will alleviate me mm. of burdens um, from my mind that I didn't even know, I, I didn't even know that that could exist for me. Because um, even when I envisioned marriage, because mm. um, I think of a skewed view of submission, to be fair, mm -hmm. kind of submission, but it's like African girl submission. It was just a bit weird. Um, I thought it was gonna be just this role again, just burdensome, I'm just carrying, carrying, carrying 24 seven mm. with no respite. Um, but that's not been that's not been this marriage mm. at all. Nothing like that. Um, so I appreciate him for that. He's also taught me um, boundaries. Mm. You know, um, boundary like relational boundaries with with people and just. I think it's weird because even though I was forced into maturity and I gave advice and all this kind of stuff, I. I was an individual who was still, because I grew, I, I was in church quite early, mm. I, was a, I wasn't as street smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm always of the impression that you don't intend to hurt me. I'm just... Naivety. Yeah, I'm just mm. a little bit naive, a little bit gullible mm -hmm. as well. I'm just, you don't intend to hurt me. You don't intend, you don't, you're not a bad person. Like I'm just, you mm. know what I mean? And so um, that would just mean I would allow pretty much anything in anyone, not into my space, but I just didn't mind giving a person my ear yeah. or I don't know. Um, and so he comes into my life and um, challenges that mm. because he's obviously very street smart mm -hmm. um, and challenges my, my view and my perspective. Mm. Well, what, 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 what did that person mean when they said this? Mm. Or they meant this, this and this. Okay, but could they also have meant this? And then I'm like, yeah, because that time they, and I'm just, I, all the dots start lining up. And then when I, let's say I challenge said person or mm. I start to pull away, it's like all of it unravels and then bam, what he saw in, in five minutes, I'd been missing for like, I don't know, 10 years or something mm. in certain friendships and stuff like that. Or, not even friendships, just general things. Um, so I'd say he's given me perspective and generally just brought a lot of um, a lot more laughter in my life as well. A lot of laughter. He's very he's a very silly guy. Mm. Um, he he on the surface can seem so serious, mm. somber, mm. Um, and just yeah. Um, you've interviewed him, so mm. you know. Mm. But he is honestly hilarious. <laughs> he's a clown. <laughs> um, he's hilarious and he's really silly and he just brings a lot of joy, a lot of laughter into my life. And I just thank God. Like, I always say he's my answer prayer. He mm. is definitely my answer prayer. So, yeah. Is a life of mediocrity still your greatest fear or has that changed? And is it now something else? Um, do you know, I know exactly where I was at when I said that. Mm -hmm. When I said, when I said that, I think a part of me secretly meant a life 
that was slow. Mm. So in response to me then, that's not my greatest fear. I, mm. I don't fear a slow life. Mm -hmm. I actually want to slow down and I've tried to slow down a little bit. Um, not in the sense that I've arrived or whatever, but I'm pacing myself as I live. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to be more present in moments rather, rather than trying to just do everything. Um, so in, in a way, yes, it is a fear, but it's not a fear because I know where I was when I said that. Mm. Um, I'd say my greatest fear, for lack of a better word, mm. now would be living a life um, in which I haven't exercised all that's within me. I think mm. that's what I meant at the time, but it was laced with other stuff because I just wanted to just do, 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 do. But I do want to give everything and just say, man, like I'm empty, I've given everything, I've poured, I've invested, I've empowered, I've equipped, I've, you know, reared, I've, I've done all of these things, now I'm good. Like mm. that's, that's to me, that, that'd be success to me. My last question to you, mm -hmm. for where you're at in life right now, Yes. what advice would you give to yourself? What advice would I give to me right now in my life, in mm. my shoes right now? Mm. Um, be present. Mm. I tell myself to be present, to remember to be present. Stop worrying. Mm. The future is the future. It's going to happen whether mm. you worry or not. Stop worrying. Breathe. Just slow. Just keep it slow. Keep it steady. Mm. Um, You've seen God do it so many times, mm. so many times. So trust that he will do it again. Mm. Um, those would be my words to me, is slow down, don't worry. You've seen God do it, he'll do it again. Slow down, don't worry. You've seen God do it, he'll do it again. Like the, It's just those things. I'm trying to think of more, but those are the things I would say to me right now are the things that would anchor me. Um, and just, yeah, and I know it's very cliche, but just it kind of, it's, it's another way of saying be present, but just to enjoy the ride. Like where I'm at, I'd say the level of contentment, the level of joy I have, the, the things I have like and I'm not talking about tangible things I'm mm. talking intangible things that I have are things that I used to weep for mm. they're things I used to weep weep in my bedroom for mm. intercede for so pull down heaven for mm. so it's like my advice is don't be so quick to be caught up in the habits of this generation in wanting mm. and then miss the very things that you've been praying for. Mm. And that's it. This is Rowan Ataki. I really appreciate this. Thank this you This was so a great much. conversation. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Good, good, good. <laughs> and this is Conversation with H with the amazing <laughs> Rowan Ataki. Go check out Art 2.0. Go, go watch every sermon <laughs> that she's preached, whether it's on the Rowan Ataki or Rona Impolo Gomo. Yes! <laughs> There's more content coming you very soon. Thank you guys for watching this season of Conversation with H. Make sure you like, share and subscribe. Come on, I'm to tell you guys to do that. Um, <laughs> and we'll have more stuff coming for you very, very soon.